This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey Blaze, come here a minute, man. Check this out. Yeah, what's up? Hey, look, I have an idea for our next Inhuman Experience ad. Cool. Let me see your computer. All right, check it out. See right now. Wait, what the what? Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Hear me out. But oh, my computer. I have a better idea. But what about my computer? First, I start with the movie trailer voice. Okay. Then, you say something funky. I can dig it. And then, I say, check out The Inhuman Experience, a paranormal podcast with Bobby Anthem. That's me. And Bobby Blades. That's you. And then, we say we do tons of extensive research. But we don't do any research. I know, I know, we lie. All right, false advertisement, that's cool. you say, find us on Apple Podcasts, yeah. Stitcher, right. Google Play, there too. wherever podcasts are heard. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom, ad is done. All right, I can dig it, I can dig it, but look, I have one question. What's up? Why did you have to smash my computer? All right, all right, good talk. But wait, but my computer... Let me know when you're ready to do the but ad. But what about my computer? Hey guys, welcome to episode 235 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, we'd like to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you for all that you do. Absolutely. You guys pray for you guys every day, and thank you for protecting us. We love you all so much. Also, we want to make sure that we remind people that if you're going through a tough time, if you're struggling right now, if you are... uh, just having trouble dealing with life in general, please know that you can talk to us if you want to talk to somebody. There's always somebody out there that can lend an ear for you, whether you realize it or not. You can actually go to our group, 5,000 people in there that are willing to listen to you if you think you've got nobody. And if you would rather call the 800 uh, number, you can do that as well. 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text us 741-741. But we're always here for you all. And you'll also hear a little later in the show, we have a new sponsor, which is Talkspace, which will actually feed right into that and give you another option if you're looking for mm-hmm. it. Tracy, as usual, this episode is brought to you by El Yucateco Hot Sauce, number one habanero-based hot sauce in the United States, top 10 out of all hot sauce in the United States, hashtag king of flavor. Amen. Good stuff. We had some on pizza. I had the uh, Chipotle on pizza. It was actually barbecue chicken pizza, but I tried the Chipotle on there because uh, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Did you like it? I did like it. I did like it. Good. It fit in good. See, the the Chipotle with that smoky just fits right in with like Mm -hmm. barbecue sauce anyway, so it's Mm -hmm. just like a given. But if uh, you want some of your own, oh, you can take a hot sauce. You can go to most major grocers. Target has it. I know Meyer has it. Most of them anyway. Walmart has it. They might not have all of your flavors, though. There is seven of them. And if you want to get all of the flavors, then you want to go to lyoukateko.com. 
and you want to use our code hillbilly horror and you'll get 10 percent off your entire purchase heck yeah man do it and right now they're doing a big giveaway so get in there and sign up and you can win your grill or a couple of other items yeah, why not do it all right tracy tonight we debut the very first edition of tracy dc Ugh. the long-awaited tracy dc yeah, yeah, you wish you'd waited longer, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will put that at the very end of the episode. We also have an interview tonight with Tiffany Boots. So, All right, my girl. Yeah, she's a, a listener. She's going to tell us some listener stories. So it's not really an interview. She's telling us some stories. Oh, anyway. cool. Tonight's story, I'd like to say that we try to cover as many areas of the U.S. and around the world as we possibly can. There's still some areas that we don't touch on as much as we would like to. So I thought I would look through a bunch of the episodes and try to figure out where there are some parts of the United States that are kind of lacking in our list of areas that we've covered. And that's what I did. And I found a few stories in the Rocky Mountain area, but not very many. So I know we've covered the Idaho State Prison, but that's like 300 miles from the Rocky Mountain. So it's not exactly close. And I thought that we might kind of dig into some of these areas we also had only done two stories from wyoming and we did one in montana and one in new mexico and one in colorado so we really haven't done very many at all out of considering we've done mm-hmm. what 235 episodes so i thought i would dig up a couple of couple of stories from some places we haven't done these aren't long stories by any means but they are interesting and for those of you who don't know the rocky mountains actually go from Canada all the way through the United States and through Mexico so there's even places in Canada and stuff we can still do and still be in the Rocky Mountains oh, I didn't know that that's what we do here we we teach we're practically teachers <laughs> except you know without the education and skill yeah. other than that all right the first story today is in Taos New Mexico there's a 17 room mansion that was home to Mabel Dodge Lujan now I've seen this pronounced Lujan and Lujan so I'm going to say Lujan. The house is 150 years old. Mabel lived there for several years, about half the time that the house existed. She passed away in 1963, and it's said that her presence has been felt at the house ever since her death. If Mabel's spirit was the same personality as the living version of Mabel, most probably wouldn't have a problem with it. Mabel was a very hospitable woman, and she often opened her house to artists and writers. In her death, though, her qualities are a little less endearing. This version of uh, Lou Han is more of a prankster. She's been known to wake up sleeping guests by making loud noises or even pulling the sheets off of them. Her image has been seen as a shimmering ray of white light. And on one occasion, Mabel frightened playwright Roberta Meyer. You see, Roberta had just written a play, and the play was about... Mabel Dodge Lujan. Mm. But Mabel wanted to make it clear that the play belonged to her and not to Roberta. After all, it was Mabel's life. Well, I don't blame her for that. Later in that same evening, Roberta's husband had a dream that Mabel was squeezing his wrist. When he woke up the following morning, his wrist was bruised in the same place that Mabel had been squeezing it. Roberta and Mabel were actually great friends. In fact, Mabel is buried next to Roberta's father-in-law, Ralph Meyer. She's actually buried in Ralph's grave. Not just next to, in his grave. 
they were really close friends, and they just scooted Ralph over and put her in there. In the casket with him? I don't think in the same casket, but I think in the same um, oh. grave itself. So Mabel isn't the only spirit here at the house, though. In fact, she knew that the home was haunted when she lived there. Roberta explains that one time she and her husband came to visit Mabel, and Mabel's husband answered the door, let them in, and he told her that, you know, Mabel was expecting them, but she was in bed. He escorted them to the bedroom. As they got to the bedroom, Mabel's secretary, Spud Johnson, was on his way out of the room. Mabel was lying in bed, and she had one of those face masks on, you know, that mm-hmm. covers your eyes and everything. Roberta later found out that Mabel had dictated to Spud Johnson, her secretary, that she was worried that the ghost of the people she was talking about might bother her, and if she wore a mask, it might disguise her and fool the ghost. Oh. (laughs) I wonder if that really works. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) So let's cover some of the other sightings there. We'll first discuss the Rainbow Room. There's a few different spirits in this room. One is that of a young girl who died of natural causes within the room. She hasn't done any harm to anybody, but she has startled a few visitors when she manifests into the corner. Cool, I guess just manifest into a corner. It's like you're being constantly punished after death. Oh, the tap? Yeah. The other spirit that's in that room is that of a young Native American girl. Some years back, she really started to make herself known when they started doing some renovations on the fireplace in that room. The most disturbing of all sightings in the house, though, has been in another room of the mansion. It's said it is that of a disembodied head, and it's been documented several times over the years. God, just the head? Just the head. Floating. No, I don't think I'd dig that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tracy, let's mosey on over to southwestern Idaho for the next story. But first, a quick word from Talkspace. I was reflecting on last year, and I'm so bummed out that I didn't get to do anything that I really wanted to do in 2020. Uh, Obviously, didn't go out with my friends a bunch, and, you know, we didn't get to do anything for New Year's Eve or some of the holidays. Had to cancel a bunch of our live events, which kind of sucked, but it is what it is. And then, you know, 2021 just kind of snuck up on me. Now, usually, I create New Year's goals, but this year, I didn't really know if we were going to spend the whole year in quarantine again, so I haven't really set up any of the upcoming events and just kind of sitting, just wondering what's going to happen. I'm honestly feeling really down and, and realize that I need to start prioritizing my mental health before I do anything else this year. So I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online, and you can start therapy the same day as you sign up. Depending on the plan you choose, you can text, video, or send voice messages to a licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your own home. One of the things that I really love about Talkspace is the fact that it's affordable. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited text messages to your therapist 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and they'll engage with you daily, 5 days a week. My therapist gave me practical guidance that really changed my life for the better. I'm so glad that I found Talkspace and got the support that I need, and you can too. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code HILLBILLY to get $100 off your first month and show the support for the show. That's HILLBILLY and Talkspace.com. So we're going to talk about a place that's affectionately known as the Ghost Ranch. It's near a city called Sinker Creek. 
That reminded me when I saw that of that little city that we passed by in uh, Tennessee whenever we go to Gatlinburg. Oh, Stinking Creek. Stinking Creek. Mm-hmm. It's like, I hope you like to be a real estate agent in that area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I got a great place for you. You ever heard of Stinking Creek? <laughs> I think we'll pass. <laughs> the ghost ranch is filled with mysteries and questions. It's definitely haunted, but by whom and for how long is the real question. Some say that the ranch is possessed by the evil spirit of Dick and Sally Thomas. Others say that the mysterious disappearance of Dick and Sally are the direct result attributed to an evil spirit who has haunted the area for some time. You're probably asking, who are Dick and Sally Thomas? So let me start with that. In 1881, 25-year-old Dick immigrated from England to then cash in on the mining opportunities that were going on in the Rocky Mountains. Sally, by all accounts, was about the same age. She was a very friendly young woman. Some might say too friendly. Mm-hmm. For that reason, some were very surprised when Dick asked her to marry him. Despite the gossip, the two settled down and adapted to ranch life in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. But all things weren't blissful in this marriage. Even though they lived in isolation, word would constantly get out about their noisy arguments. Many people in the nearby Silver City often spoke of their rocky relationship. You see what I did there, Tracy? I did see that. Very clever. <laughs> they were constantly splitting up and getting back together. On more than one occasion, Dick accused Sally of trying to murder him. Now, it doesn't take Dr. Phil to know that this was not a match made in heaven. I'm sure it was just a misunderstanding. I'm sure. Somehow the marriage made it for 15 years until the spring of 1896. That's when neighbors noticed that they hadn't seen Dick or Sally in some time. After some investigation, it appeared that the couple had just disappeared off the face of the earth. But as far as the house and the farm, everything was in, was in order. No sign of a struggle. All personal belongings were in there. Their horse, wagon, and their saddles were all in the barn still. Everything in and out of the house gave the appearance that the owners would be back at any time. The table, though, was set for what looked like uh, a meal. You know, everything, the dishes and stuff were there. And on the stove, there was food in the pots, but that was now spoiled. Dick's wallet was on a chair. All of their clothes were in the closet, all except for Dick's good suit. Thoroughly confused, the search party widened their search. They found the body of the couple's dog on the riverbank. The animal's skull had been crushed. At this point, the sheriff, John Joyce, was called in. He determined that Sally had tried to buy a large amount of poison not long before the couple went missing. Obviously, many of the townsfolk jumped to the conclusion that Sally killed her husband and moved away for a fresh start. Two subsequent developments, though, knocked a few holes in that story. They started to be some dick sightings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, could, I could have worded that different, but I chose not to. Oh. <laughs> well, respectful men from the area started reporting that they saw Dick Thomas in various parts of the Northwest. These sightings were pretty far away from Sinking Creek, but the people who claimed to have seen them say that they were sure that it was Dick, and it definitely, and he definitely wasn't dead. The second development was the finding of a skull in 1898. It was unearthed on the couple's farm. Doctors determined that the skull belonged to a middle-aged woman who had been dead at least two years. 
Sounds like the tables may have been turned on this situation and uh, may have been Sally was the one that got the blunt end of whatever the deal was. Of the dick. Yeah, she got the blunt end of the dick. You're nasty. It's a family show. Anyways, <laughs> Sally's sister and her husband, the Murphys, they took over the ranch not long after it was vacated. One day, Miss Murphy was hit in the head by a rock that was thrown by unseen hand and knocked her unconscious. Wow. Mr. Murphy searched the whole land, but he couldn't find any evidence that anyone else had even been on the property. The following autumn, the Murphys hired hand went missing. This was enough for the Murphys who moved back into the city. Soon after they moved though, they heard of a partial corpse with a crushed skull that was found near the property. This was apparently the hired hand. No one was exactly sure what happened with the disappearance of the Thomases or the hired hand and the apparent and subsequent death of Miss Thomas and the hired hand, but the locals had dubbed this farm by now the Ghost Ranch. Obviously, this caused the property value to plummet, which made it an attractive investment opportunity for some people. The Brooks family bought the, the place for next to nothing. They got settled in. One night, their son went to investigate a strange noise that he heard coming from the barn. He never returned. His parents found the young man dead on the barn floor. His skull had been crushed. Owning the property had no appeal to the Brooks after this. So they sold the farm and they wasted no time putting some distance between themselves and the uh, cursed property as they thought it was. Strange stories, mainly supernatural stories, circulated well into the early 20th century, but not all of these stories were tragic as the ones in the past. A man by the name of Jack Hunt said that he arrived in his horse-drawn wagon near the barn. An invisible stable hand helped him unbridle his horse. This unseen assistance scared him so much that he jumped off the horse and ran to the nearest occupied house. Jack and some men from the house went back to the barn. They were shocked to see that in the time that Jack had been gone, all of the horses had been tended to and put away for the night inside the barn in individual stalls. Dang. Well, that's nope. awesome. No explanation was ever found. Now, another good deed involves two men, William and Berg. They were out camping near Sinking Creek one night, and it was kind of chilly, so they built a little small fire from uh, sagebrush mm -hmm. for the heat. It was only, like I said, some sagebrush, so there would really wasn't much to it. So the couple didn't expect it to, to last for very long. Needless to say, they were surprised to wake up the next morning to find that the fire was still burning. After all, neither one of them had added any kind of wood during the middle of the night because they were sleeping both times. Right. So somehow this little small, basically brush fire, which should have lasted maybe an hour, lasted all night long. So they attribute that to the ghost. I mean, at least he's a nice guy. At least at that point. Maybe it's a different ghost, though. So whatever possessed the ranch back in at least the 1800s, and I say possessed because, remember, uh, the one lady was hit in the head with a rock, knocked her out, and then you got people missing and killed. So if it wasn't a person, it had to be some kind of a spirit. Yeah. And they never found anybody who did it, so there you go. 
Then you take into consideration all the marital problems that Dick and Sally had. That definitely sounds like some kind of evil spirit was there raising havoc. You see that a lot in these houses. Happened in the Sally house, happened in the Amityville house, right. where it caused problems between the two. So my point is, even though there, there was an entity there that was causing all kinds of evil type stuff, it still managed to do a few good things if it was the same entity. Maybe it was Sally or the Brooks child who now is on the property doing the good things. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wouldn't, you know, maybe there's two or three different entities doing these things. Regardless, the haunting of the ghost ranch is so entrenched in the area of the folklore that people still talk about it even today. Wow, that's pretty cool, though. Many in the area still believe that Dick and Sally's ghosts still haunt the area. What about the history of the land itself? That's a good question. Well, that just confuses the situation even more. See, there's an article in True West magazine from October of 1998 that I found. It was written by Hank Corliss. And he wrote that the site where the ranch actually is now was the site of several early day tragedies, including the destruction of an entire wagon train in 1860. That was 21 years before Dick even came to America. So is the place haunted by Sally and Dick Thomas? Or were they the victim of something evil that was left behind from all of the earlier tragedies? Mm, I believe that. It's possible. So for our last story, we're going to move it over a little bit to Colorado. This is kind of a cool story. This spirit that haunts the trail through Dead Man's Canyon. Have you ever heard of Dead Man's Canyon? Mm-mm. Me either. But it haunts the trail. There's a place called Dead Man's Canyon. And that's roughly 10 miles south of Colorado Springs. The spirit we're going to discuss has apparently been here for about 140 years. In 1863, the local sawmill owner, William Harkins, was murdered by a gang of religious fanatics who put an axe through his skull and then stole his beloved white horse. I didn't have much details on the religion or what, what beef they had with Harkins or any of that. That's awful. Some sightings of Harkins have had him by himself, but others have had him reunited with his white horse. Oh, I hope so, after all that. One report was in July 1884. Miss Clark Wyatt and her grandson... They were driving one of their one-horse buggies through the canyon. The apparition of Harkin suddenly appeared and scared the two of them, especially her grandson. She became irate, and she scolded the spirit, which responded by just disappearing. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard anybody scold a spirit. (laughs) In most stories about Harkins, he's a little more persistent. So 20 years before that Miss Wyatt incident, mule skinners and bullwhackers would constantly tell stories of being pursued through the canyon by a terrible-looking phantom. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Oh, yes. And not only that, the phantom had an axe impelled in his head. <laughs> I'm guessing that's probably that Harkin. Sometimes he was on a white horse. Sometimes it was just him. And sometimes it was just the horse, and the horse would chase him through the canyon. They said no matter what the situation was, they would try to get away, and the supernatural horse always kept pace with them. Sometimes it would torment them for up to 20 miles. Dang, go. That's a long way when you think about it, when riding on a horse for 20 miles, mm-hmm. even if you're going fast. I don't know how fast a horse goes, but probably not much more than 20 miles an hour. Well, I wouldn't think. Maybe a little more, but still. Anyway, the, the spirit is also credited for helping to solve a mystery. In 1867, 
in a state uh, on the on the eastern part of the U.S., there was a woman who got engaged to a man named Oliver Kimball. He wanted to settle down out west with his future bride. So he decided he was going to go out west alone and scout and find a place for them to get married and settle. A week passed and she hadn't heard from Oliver. She sent a note to the Captain Felcher in Denver, Colorado. She was able to give a very detailed description of her future husband, and she was also able to give a very detailed description of the area that he had been in, because she apparently had talked to him. You know, it wouldn't she hadn't heard, you know, hadn't been that she hadn't heard from him since he left. She just hadn't heard from him in a week. So she'd been in contact up to that point. So he at least had talked to her enough to be able to describe the area that he was in. So when she gives this area up to Felcher, he recognized the description as Dead Man's Canyon. Felcher heads out that way in search for the missing man. Not long after he started his search, Felcher spotted this beautiful phantom white horse off in the distance. The horse had no rider on it and was just sitting there motionless. It soon turned and led Felcher to an old, ran-down cabin. Once Felcher arrived at the cabin, an apparition, presumably Harkins, climbed on top of the horse and rode off up the canyon trail. Felcher followed the horse, and at the point where the rider and the horse disappeared, he found the remains of Oliver Kimball. Oh. No one ever really learned what the cause of death was for the man, but... Felcher is convinced that he would have never found the body of Oliver Kimball had he not been led there by Harkin. That's something. So anyway, it's three quick stories from mm-hmm. uh, the areas that we hadn't done. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We've got Tiffany from Pennsylvania on the phone. And Tiffany is a longtime listener, big-time supporter of the show. She actually came and sat with us for about three hours up in Ohio when we had the uh, book signing, and we talked about her a little bit on the show. Tiffany, thanks for all your support, and thanks for coming on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, so you have a multitude of things to talk about, and we got to hear some of the stuff uh, that Saturday when we were sitting up inside the book signing, and you're going to tell some of them today. But you grew up in a haunted house, and you've had constant uh, things kind of, I wouldn't say follow you around, but you seem to attract things. So let's go ahead yeah. and start with some <laughs> of the stuff that happened in the uh, the house you grew up in. Sure. Um, I can kind of give you a little bit of background. I this The house that all of this happened in is the house that I'm currently living in right now with my mother. Um, her parents owned it. So it's been our, in our family pretty much since they got married back in the 20s, the 1920s. And uh, I... I'm try- I was trying to think back to remember exactly when it it started, but I can't really pinpoint a certain time. I know that um, for a while when my parents were married, we lived in Florida, and then when we moved back up here, my mom, my brother, and I moved in with my grandparents, so we've been in this house since then. But um, I, like the first things that I remember is we, I was me, I was young, and out of nowhere, I was just afraid to come up the stairs by myself at night. I couldn't figure out why I can't remember anything, but the more I thought about it as an adult, I'm wondering if it kind of led into what else would happen. Um, I, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't really know how it started, but I would have a lot of stuff happen when I was asleep. Um, (laughs) My room was very active. 
I had a very loud bedroom door. So if anybody would have come in, I would have heard it and woken up, you know, sometimes, especially with my grandmother, I got, well, your brother's just messing with you. No, he's grandma. He hasn't been here for a week. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's not my brother. (laughs) Very well planned out. Yeah. Um, But I, the biggest thing that would happen, the most consistent thing that would happen is, um, Every night when I would sleep, it would happen at random times. It would feel like somebody just like run across the room and kick my mattress as hard as they possibly could. And the whole bed, I mean, at one point, I think a couple of times the bed actually moved and smacked the wall. Um, But it would wake me up because the whole bed shook and obviously there's nothing there. So I would kind of eventually go back to sleep. But this would happen multiple times a night, sometimes once or twice a night, um, it well into the morning if I was still in bed. So there was no rhyme or reason to it. It would just constantly happen. Um, another thing that would happen is I would have somebody come and sit on the edge of my bed when I would be like dozing in and out of consciousness, going to sleep and the entire bed where the person or whoever it was would sit, would bend and lean like it was an actual person with weight there. I never saw anything. I At one point, I was a little afraid to look. <laughs> but um, one of the big things, too, that would happen is things would go missing in my room. And that was kind of what, you know, kind of started everything off, too. I had – I was huge into wrestling at the time. So I would get all the magazines and, like, cut out the pictures and stick them to my wall. And um, I would have a cluster of them behind my bed against the wall and I would wake up and one of them would be missing from the middle. And so it got to the point where I would tape them all together and then I would thumbtack them and I'd wake up. One would be missing from the middle and I couldn't find it. I would find the thumbtacks in my bed, in my hair when I would wake up in the morning. Um, I remember the one time I was livid, I went downstairs. I was, you know, complaining about it, came back upstairs after searching my, my entire room And it was curled up in a ball in the middle of the floor that I would have walked over to see, you know, as I was going out of my room. Um, Another thing that happened that was kind of spooky was the uh, like the whole people say that they feel that the bedding, the bedding tighten over them. Yes. There was one night where that happened. I was wide awake. I didn't go to sleep yet. Um, It's. You could feel it tighten. I was just starting to doze off. I could feel it tighten. And I was laying on my back at the time. And I remember I just thought I was, like, pulling it myself. I didn't know what was going on. I kind of rolled to the side. But when I went to roll, I couldn't move. Um, I waited, tried to lift up my legs, couldn't lift up my legs. It felt like there was somebody on each side of the bed pulling as hard as they could down over me. Um... So I waited. I was kind of counting in my head. And thankfully, I had a clock right beside me on my stand. I was watching the time. It would hold for about a minute or two, and then it would release. I remember the first time that it it released. I woke up. I kicked my blankets, you know, shook everything out. It was not tucked in. It was not pinched between the bed and the wall. Got everything straightened out again. Finally decided to try to lay back down. It tightened again. Same thing. Couldn't move. Couldn't turn. Couldn't do anything couldn't pull my arms up uh this happened like three or four times 
And then it never happened again in my entire life. (laughs) So it was, it was a lot of weird little things that continuously happened throughout the years that, um, kind of led into other stuff. I had mentioned, you know, the one incident with my ex, once I got back to PA that he came and stayed with us. And, um, as far as I can tell, there are, there's definitely a lady here. I've had four or five friends come over and they're like, you know, you have a lady in your kitchen, right? Yeah, I guess I've never seen her, but (laughs) she, yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. And I don't know who she would be. She's been here for a long time, but we have one of those, um, it's like a nightlight, but it's a candle stick that you plug into the wall and it lights up like a candle. Yeah. We have one of those on our counter and you can see her walk past it. You can see the shadows because it reflects off of the walls into the other room. We've heard her humming, singing, um, talking, but we don't know who she is and we can't figure out who she is right now. She's the only one that's kind of still active in the house. Um, but yeah, I've, I've like one of the things that I would tell and Tracy back in Point Pleasant when I saw the show was one of the funniest things that I, that had kind of happened here was um, my son was little at the time and he and my mom had gone to bed for the night. And usually at that time, she had her dogs and she would take them up to bed with her at night, close the door. And we had just started rescuing kittens. So I would let the kittens out at night until I went to bed and then we would let the dogs out. Um, well, that answers I that I question. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was laying there and, or I was, I was laying on the couch and I was watching TV and the one dog had like a big fluffy robe that was right in front of the television. And all five of them were laying on that kind of sleeping. Well, you know, my son has autism. And when he was younger, he was obsessed with those little alphabet magnets that you could get at Walmart for like a dollar. Yeah. We had like two sets of those on our refrigerator. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was just covered in letters. And I was watching TV and I happened to look just as five little heads popped up and all stared out into the kitchen at the same time. <laughs> so that was, that was definitely a little unnerving, you know. But um, so I'm watching them because I can't see or hear anything yet. And then they all stood up and started poofing up. And that's not good. <laughs> so, so I'm watching them and it was literally one or two seconds later, I heard this huge whoosh sound and there's things falling everywhere in the kitchen. So I got up obviously. And there was one, I actually still have her. Her name's Karis. She was the brave one. She got up and she was going out into the kitchen. I followed her out. Because, you know, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to run into it first. She can right. get first. <laughs> but uh, when we got into the kitchen, you it looked like somebody had and had gone from the top of the refrigerator downward into like a uh, an oval type motion and just went through the magnets. And there the whole floor was sprayed with them. You could see like the visible line where it had touched the refrigerator and parted all of the magnets and they were just like flung everywhere. Nobody was downstairs. Nobody was awake, but me, I sure didn't do it. You know, so I, I don't know what that was about, but there were no letters spelling anything out. I checked just to be sure. <laughs> but, 
um, yeah, we couldn't describe it. I couldn't explain it. It was very interesting to say the least, but nothing ever has been harmful or scary. It just catches you off guard. Mm. I remember being on the phone one day in one of the other rooms and the door in that room doesn't latch. So it has like a lock on the inside in case you want to actually close the door. I'm talking to that same ex that, you know, I had the experience with before and I'm watching the door open and close. It just open, stay open for a couple seconds and close then open and close. No reason. Just <laughs> did it. That's funny. Yeah. There were just, it was a lot of little things. I asked my mom if she ever had any experiences here. She had one or two little ones when I wasn't in the house. So I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if it's me or if, you know, something's following me or if it just reacts to me differently than it reacts to her. But it started up again as soon as my son and I got back into the house. And that sounds like something right there. I mean, just the fact that it started up again when you two got back in the house means it's got to have something to do with you, I would think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. It's not as active as it used to be, though, which is interesting. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it could be. We've <laughs> This is going to sound terrible. We've had people die in this house <laughs> since I was little. I had a cousin pass away, unfortunately, while I was still in California. But it's not him. It, it doesn't. It's It's been here longer than that. So I don't know who it is. And it, it, like I said, it's never been threatening. Um, I I just can't figure it out. I ask my son because they say kids are sensitive to things and he's never had any experiences. He's never seen or heard anything. Um, the one funny thing is, is that he, I used to have to watch what I would watch on TV because it would react to what I would watch. If I would put something on, like, I think I was watching the exorcism of Emily Rose, um, which is a pretty dark movie. Yes everything would go nuts in my front room. Like you'd hear somebody walking back and forth on the floor, pacing, things would fall off stands. It was nuts. Like there would be every now and then there would be like a bang, like a fist bang on the front window. And there's obviously nobody on the porch. Dogs aren't barking. They're not reacting. So I don't know what that was about. But every time I watched like a possession movie, it would get some kind of reaction. Um, Yeah, it was, it was just, odd it's still it still kind of has its quirks but it, everything's kind of calmed down now what about i mean what about when you weren't living in the house like you mentioned and when you were in california i mean did it, things happen there or are things only really happening in this house i had a couple of things happen in there that house um and it was interesting because while i was pregnant with my son they were building the the complex that we ended up moving into. We, so we were the first person to have, you know, that particular apartment, but as everybody knows, it's not the house, it's the land, you know? So I don't know what might've happened there before we got there or before they decided to, you know, um, I don't know the proper word for it, but to make the, the apartments there to build apartments. But the one night I was laying, it was, we just moved in and, um, we didn't have a bed yet, so we had a sofa bed, and my son's father and I were laying in the, the front room watching TV, and I kind of looked diagonal into the back hall that led to my son's room, and I remember I his room, his bedroom door room was closed, 
And then across from his room toward the front of the building, there was also a guest bedroom that we also kept closed. So there was no way that light could come in on either way. I just happened to glance down that hallway and I saw it was like volleyball sized. It was a volleyball sized cloud of like churning smoke shoot from where my son's room was down into the back room to where the guest room would have been. And I, I still can't figure that one out. I don't know what that could have been. I got up after a few minutes. I'm not dumb. <laughs> you know, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Right. But <laughs> I got up and I went and I looked and both doors were shut. He was sound asleep. His blinds were closed. Um, the front room windows, they were, the blinds were down. They were closed. Nothing happened there. Um, I can't, of course, I'm the only one that sees it, you know, so I can't have anybody verify that it actually happened but me. And uh, the only other thing that happened there was I think I had, I had a weird, I don't know if it was sleep paralysis or like an out of body type thing, but I had an event with that one night and it was terrifying. I remember I was having this weird dream and I woke up. My son's father usually wakes me up, you know, before he would go to work. He would go to work pretty early at that time. I remember hearing him leave because I was just starting to get back to sleep. My bedroom door was closed. The front door was closed. I heard his truck pull out, pull away. And a couple of minutes later, I heard the front door open and close. Well, my eyes opened and I couldn't move. I could see my ceiling. I could see my entire room, but I couldn't move. But I could hear feet coming through my apartment which was incredibly unnerving because i'm only supposed to be there alone you know he left i didn't hear his truck pull back in he was gone i could hear it walking from the front door through the apartment to my bedroom i could hear it outside my bedroom wall or my bedroom door and i remember they picked up once like if the bedroom door would have opened and closed again they continued up my side of the bed to where i was and it was as if like somebody would turn and sit. And if I would have turned and sat and laid down, I know it sounds crazy. I woke up as soon as that happened. But before that, I couldn't move. I couldn't see. I couldn't speak. I couldn't. I, I could see, but I couldn't. It was really weird. There was nobody there. I can't explain it. I know I didn't. There, like the door was locked. I went. I ran out to the front of the house. Checked the locks. Everything was locked up. He certainly didn't come home. I double checked with him when he had his lunch break. I have no idea what that was. I don't want to have it happen again. It was it was very scary. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's not being able, hearing things coming towards you and not being able to move or do anything about it is very terrifying. And it's easy to dismiss that kind of a thing. But until you actually go through it and anybody that has had that kind of experience, I'm sure they could verify that it's it's terrifying because you feel completely vulnerable and you have no source in front of you you don't know what's causing it and even with like the little things that would happen here yeah i mean nothing was really scary but it's like you this is your safe place this is your home you know and all of these things are happening and you have no explanation for it you can't find any cause for it so it's a little a little alarming i think that's that's what everybody, their thought process is. Your home is your safe place. And right. when you think about your home being haunted, 
you know, you go back to like these scary movies that like the Amityville horror or something like that. That's mm-hmm. the ones that resonate with people more than even the slasher films and uh, possession movies, because, you know, the thought of you thinking that you can't even go to bed at night without something in your home uh, attacking you, you know, Poltergeist and the, the, right. the Amityville horror, those two movies are two of the biggest movies of all time for that reason, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary. It really is. I mean, we have, I, I make the joke a lot that it, everything's died down now because we have too many animals. <laughs> They're just tired of it. They're over it. But, you know, we, we still do have little things like I'll, I'll be downstairs and I'll hear a door shut for some, like the bathroom door shut upstairs and nobody's here or, you know, like the lady in the kitchen, I can see her walking back and forth a lot. Um, I haven't tried to get any EVPs yet. I definitely need to get on that because I'm curious to see if I can actually catch her. But I would love to know who these people are if if, if it actually is somebody and I'm not crazy. <laughs> but it's been going on pretty long. I, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable knowing that it's not in my head. <laughs> I'd be more interested in having her try to do some of the housework. I mean, she's going to be there. She's yeah. going to do some dishes or sweep up a little bit. Yeah, I... I was thinking about trying to look up who had the house maybe before my grandparents, but I don't even know how to go about that. I don't know if they would have any of the history, like the. You just go to whatever city, whatever city you're in. Just go to uh, those are all public records, and you, oh really? Yeah, you'll have um, like, like you can go back and look up whoever was married to whoever all the way back for as long as they were keeping records. But those are all public records and it just depends on on your city where they keep them but normally you can just i don't know with COVID, obviously but normally you can just walk in and flip through all the books and you can see the deeds and who had the deeds to all of the uh land in in your city yeah i would love to do that because i'm i've been curious for a long time i mean this house has been what then since the 20s almost 100 years in our family which is really weird i would think unless my math is wrong yeah 1920s yeah, yeah we've be. had this house a long time, and it's just been our family. So I don't know. Yeah, that should. I would be, love to see who had it. Shouldn't be too hard to find. But every every time there's a mortgage recorded, that name goes into uh, the name and the recording of it goes into what they call a deed book, and it literally is a just a big ass book with all these records in it. And so yeah, you can just go and find the the deed books and and uh, for whatever years, and you can look through it and find your properties, and there you go. Yeah, I'll definitely have to do that because it's it. Now I'm just incredibly curious, especially since it's been going on this long. Definitely, there was one time I don't think you were at the table, but I did tell Tracy the one time um, our dog actually reacted to it at the time. I when I was in high school, we had a min pin, and I remember she was walking past my bedroom, and I called her name, and she started to come into the room toward me, and she stopped dead just right in her tracks. And she was looking into the corner of the room right above my the bed the head of my bed and just staring there. And every hair on her body stood on end. And it the sound that came out of this dog was just something I don't ever want to hear from my pets again. It was like she was terrified, but she was growling to try to make herself look bigger. Aww. And I turned and looked, obviously. I'm looking in the corner, can't see anything. And they say a lot of times energies like to gather in the corners of your rooms and the corners of your house. Um, I got up and I walked across the room, sat down 
less than a foot in front of her. She didn't see me. She was staring in the corner. I reached out my hand to pet her. She didn't snap at me, but she jumped and growled and then ran off and like didn't come in my room the rest of the day. But I don't know what she saw, but she definitely reacted to something that was in there. And that's, it's the funny thing because when I record, I use, how, how, how can I say this? Um, the two bedrooms that, like my bedroom and my grandfather's old bedroom, when my mom moved in here, they made it into one big master suite. So they took the wall down in between them and made it into a huge room. And the corner of the room where my bed was is now my mom's closet. So when I record, like I go in there and I sit in the closet literally and record because it's the only quiet place in this house. And knowing that that's the corner, you know, I, it just get, it's very unnerving. It's not scary, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's heard some things over the years in that closet that she can't explain. So that just kind of verifies that there was something still there. And what exactly would you be recording in that closet? I record for Tim. I am working with him and his group on the next Hillbilly Horror House. So I go in there and I do my recordings in there. <laughs> yeah, I knew the answer already, but I wanted to give you a chance to plug it a little bit so people would know when the new Hillbilly Horror House comes out from uh, uh, Tim Mullins, of course, uh, Mullins Media, that you are going to be on the show. Yes, yes. I saw his post um Earlier last year, he was looking for a narrator, so I messaged him, sent him some stuff, and instead of the narrator, I got one of the lead parts, so I was really excited about that. Okay, and we'll make sure we keep everybody up to date when that uh, comes out so oh. they, can, they can listen to everybody. Awesome. Thank you so much. Tiffany, it's been fun. It was fun uh, getting to sit with you for a couple of hours the other day and at the Point Pleasant show we did last year, and uh, looking forward to doing it again in the future. I know you got plenty more to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll get some better stories for you. <laughs> I'm sure more will happen between now and then. So I'm pretty you know, sure. the way things are going here. <laughs> but thank you so much for talking to me. And I'm sorry they weren't more interesting, but they were just, you know. <laughs> I thought there were plenty. <laughs> Lots of cool stuff. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You got to realize something, too. There's a lot of people that listen to this show that have never had one experience ever. So there, oh, okay. the the fact of what you consider not to be very interesting will be so interesting to most people <laughs> that they're like, oh my god, I can't believe all that stuff happened. And but to you, it's just a whole hum every day, you know. So it's different. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff it happened so much. Honestly, I, it just became more unusual for it not to happen, especially with the kicking of my bed. If it didn't happen and I got a whole night's sleep, I didn't know what to do with myself because right. I wasn't woken up two or three times. But yeah, it was it was interesting. <laughs> All right, my dear, we will talk to you soon. Okay, thank you so much. Just some quick housekeeping. First of all, thanks to everybody who has joined our TikTok. I'm having some fun with a little character on there. You might have seen the last couple of days, a little skeleton type character. Having some fun. So if you've got some ideas that would take 15 to 20 seconds that we can do in the background of those. And if you've seen them, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, uh, go to Hillbilly Horror Stories on TikTok and you'll see these little short videos that are kind of fun. But if you've got some ideas and some things I can do in the background, go ahead and uh, send them to me and I'll try to fit as many of them as I can 
when we're doing these little short videos. Also, thanks to everybody who's been listening to Hillbilly Dead Town Stories and watching the videos. Uh, we're starting to get uh, some nice amount of views on there. We're still a little bit short of our subscribers. We're at like 650. We need 1,000. So uh, if you can go to Hillbilly Dead Time Stories on YouTube and uh, like that and spread the word, that would be greatly appreciated. All right, Tracy had to run out for a quick second. Uh, she didn't have to poop this week. I think she had to throw up. But anyway, so let's go to the iTunes. Thank you to Mojo Lobster, Spiders from Mars, Dean M. Watts, Ashley from Nebraska, Elizabeth Tagpit, I'm assuming, and Sand Trooper Mick. Thank you guys for the iTunes reviews. Remember, guys, iTunes reviews help tremendously. Any kind of reviews help. If you go to Amazon, if you've gotten the book and read it, if you could please go to Amazon, leave a review, that helps. It, iTunes reviews help. And uh, if you can leave comments and stuff on YouTube and on the TikTok videos, all everything in the world seems like it's all based on interaction these days. Patreon, Matt uh, Miska, I hope I pronounced that right. I'm sure I probably didn't. And Nicole Burke, thank you guys so much. Remember, you can get onto Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, and that gets you some bonus episodes, and it also gets you ad-free episodes if you don't like the commercials. All right, you've all been waiting for this. I'm assuming. So after a quick break from our sponsor. Here is the ending of the show, Tracy DC. Thank you guys, we love you.
Dundee, 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 Dundee,